Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 32. I'm Nathan Hirsch, and today I'm joined, as always, by my loyal companion. No, that sounds like I'm telling you you're a dog. My awesome co-host, that's better. Jake Slobodnik, how's it going? Uh, it could be better. I mean, I just watched our team get spanked, but other than that, I mean, it's it's all right. It's not a bad week. Yeah, so, you know, after the Pirates took four out of seven from the Mets and had some really exciting games, they traveled to the worst team in baseball by a wide margin, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and, well... There's no other way to say it. The Pirates got swept. If you are a fan of tanking, if you're a Pirates fan that wants to see them lose tank, get a better pick for next year, then this was the series for you because the Pirates looked dreadful. Their bullpen looked absolutely dreadful, just terrible, Um, especially yesterday and today too. I mean, Dwayne Underwood Jr. today, just terrible. Um Lost 4-2, 11-6 yesterday, and 6-4 today. The Pirates are now 36-60. and 60. Um, The Diamondbacks still have a nice lead on the worst record in baseball. They're still 30-68, and 68, but the Pirates were able to close that gap. Um, Jake, what are you thinking right now about, about the current performance of the Pirates in this, these past three games? I mean, it all boils down to it was just flat out embarrassing. There was just there were some bright spots, but it seemed like the offense was the only bright spot. The pitching was the worst of it. I can't I can't emphasize enough that we are a hitting team finally, but our pitching just completely shattered any success that we had. Max Kranich, I'll give it to him. He's in his you know first year in the bigs. Of course, he's going to struggle. You know, he struggled a little bit today, gave up three or uh, four runs, which, you know, understandable. But at the same time, it it makes no sense how our relievers are just that bad. I, I mean, I hate Clay Holmes with a passion, and yesterday fueled it even more. <laughs> yeah. Dwayne Underwood proved today that he was probably one of the worst signings that we've made in recent history. Um, <laughs> so, and then it's it was funny. You know how we were talking about a few weeks ago, Shelton's accountability for things? Right. Well, I think now he needs to really start taking accountability. Yesterday, he threw Austin Davis in that horrid eighth inning, and he gave up four runs. And then this guy has the audacity to bring him back in today in a pinch. Like, where is the logic here? I really don't understand. I'm surprised he didn't bring in Clay Holmes during that inning. Um, and and it's, so, it's so sad because that, for that top half of the inning when we were at the bat, we worked so hard to get one run across. And then meanwhile, <laughs> the next inning, first couple batters, and they already have a run matching us. Like our pitching, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's really the, just the talent that we have in the bullpen that just absolutely blows or if it's just the wrong players at the wrong time. I, I, I don't know, but I think Shelton needs to really take accountability for the guys that he put in during this time because I'll give it to yesterday. Tyler Anderson pitched himself quite a gem. Uh, the offense was on point. I mean, Gregory Polanco sparked for a few hits, including a home run. Um, our 
our big guy, John Nagowski, got his first major league home run. And then it was dampered uh-huh. by a shitty bullpen performance. So Shell needs to take accountability saying, look, I threw the wrong guys. I thought they were going to do a lot better. I, I don't even think we saw Bednar this entire series, did we? Uh, he pitched today, scoreless inning. He looked good. Oh, I stopped watching after that seventh <laughs> inning, so I couldn't tell. <laughs> um, here's a theory for you. Uh, this is purely just me talking out loud, thinking out loud, but you look at it, looking at some of these ERAs in the current bullpen that just, you know, looks terrible. You got Kyle Keller, six, Austin Davis, 587. Even Sam Howard, who at one point looked good, 576. Clay Holmes up to 513. Dwayne Underwood Jr. up to 502. The Pirates let go of Kyle Crick, DFA'd him. He's a 444. Not that it matters anymore because he's gone. But um, ever since the sticky stuff enforcements, the Pirates' bullpen, in my opinion, has just gone straight down the shitter. And if you think about it, who is the Pirates' pitching coach? Oscar Marine. Where did Oscar Marine come from? The Houston Astros, who was one of the first franchises to really hop on the sticky stuff, the high spin rate fastballs. Um, you know, Garrett Cole. Think about Garrett Cole in Houston. I'm I don't wanna I don't wanna throw any allegations out there, but I, it kind of seems like the sticky stuff enforcement has really affected this Pirates bullpen. Uh, big, big time. And, I mean, they're not talented, obviously. Even Rich Rod, his ERA, I mean, it's up to 265, which is nice. But he was, we said this last episode, he was down in the in the zeros. He was below 050 for a while there. Um, so the bullpen just looks terrible. And you are right. Um, I wouldn't go as far to say that the Pirates offense has been good lately, but they've hit, they've at least been scoring some runs i mean this series two runs six runs four runs 12 runs in three uh three games that's four runs a game you'll take that with this lineup but uh it is just classic whenever the offense is able to scratch together some runs the pitching looks terrible uh it's been noted i talked about this too before i i kind of thought maybe you know rich rod maybe he shouldn't pitch as much if he's a sticky stuff user maybe his value goes down well i think that's exactly what's happening i don't think his value is i don't think he's gonna fetch much of return in a a trade uh his spin rates way down he's been struggling obviously blew that game sunday against the mets tyler anderson's spin rate is down even though anderson I will say, you know, he's still pitching pretty well. Six innings, three runs uh, last night, 435 ERA. He's he's just a solid back end of the rotation starter for, I would say, any team. But uh, the pitching has really taken a turn. It was never good. The bullpen was good. The bullpen was really good at the start of the year. But, I mean, as a whole, it's just crazy. I just think... You know, no more sticky stuff. These Pirates pitchers are really struggling. And uh, it's, to me, extremely noticeable. Yeah, I I don't want to put that on their heads. I don't want to say, oh, yeah, it was a sticky stuff that helped. But it's really looking like that more and more. I mean, the only real guy in the bullpen that 
<laughs> I, I have to point this out. We were talking on Twitter early this morning, and we referenced the shark tank from 2013. It's now more of a fishbowl. It's not it even that threatening. That's a um, really funny name. And, and it's appropriate, too. I think the only one that could be considered a quote-unquote shark in our bullpen right now is Chris Stratton. He is the only guy who you yeah. can count on to get out, stop a rally from the other team, and, and really the only guy whose ERA is somewhat acceptable. It's 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 weird because I was never really a fan of him, but now it's hard not to be a fan of Chris Stratton because he's the only guy that's producing out of the pen. Even Rich Rod wasn't doing too much. But I will say this. I I think there was more worthy candidates in, in that on the forty or on the active roster right now that should have been DFA'd before Kyle Crick. Uh, I, I, Kyle Crick, yeah, he's falling off the deep end. He's getting up there in age, but at the same time, I think there were other people that we should have thought about DFAing before Crick. I, I, I agree. Don't know. Yeah. I agree with you. I will say uh, Bednar has still been really good this year. His ERA is below three, as is Stratton. And I will say this about Stratton. I said this uh, about a month ago. I think Stratton's going to be traded, and at this point, I would argue that Stratton is the Pirates' most tradable reliever. Uh, with the most value. Uh, he still has some years of control, and he has the versatility to be a guy that can go multiple innings. And, you know, for some of these playoff teams, searching for bullpen help, you need a guy that can come in, take the sixth and seventh inning to bridge the gap between your starter and your late-end guys. I think Stratton's the perfect type to do that. But, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's so many other guys that could have been DFA'd, starting with Clay freaking Holmes. I'm yes. sorry. I would um, I would rather have Kyle Crick a million times over than Clay Holmes. I would probably rather have Kyle Crick over, you know. I mean, they, they DFA'd Kyle Crick to bring up freaking Austin Davis. Like, come on. Austin Davis with just a disaster of a game yesterday, both him and Holmes. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really understand that. I get it. Crick does walk a million hitters, and his strikeouts are down. And I'm not trying to say that he's good by any means, but when looking at these other arms, I do definitely question that decision. I also... Chase the young too. I think he's up there with this whole hot seat issue. Oh, he's got to be gone. Once Brault's back, the young is the first guy. He's gone. He is out of the starting rotation. He's got to be because yes, yesterday's game or no, 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 no. Is the game the game against the Diamondbacks that he pitched? Monday. He was the first in the series. Yeah. It's so aggravating. And then he got he got put on the IL today because of that pitch he took on his knee. I think that's an excuse. I, I people say that it was a serious injury. I think it, when when you see a guy go on the ten day IL after a very bad performance, you gotta question whether or not that's a legitimate move or not, or if it's just to save his face somewhat. Because Chase DeYoung sucks at pitching. There's just no saving this guy. Yeah, you can argue he's got somewhat of a breaking curveball, but this dude leaves up meatballs down the middle more than I've seen at an Italian pasta place like <laughs> uh, seriously he has thrown more uh, meatballs right down the chute than i've seen anyone in major league baseball and then he continues to do it I, I i had to go to bed so i didn't go i didn't see the whole issue with his knee but somebody on twitter said you know he gotta get an l screen for the next time de young's out there and yeah. in my head i'm thinking why because he's like dave jowls throwing him right down the chute every time 
or because it's a guaranteed L every time Chase DeYoung takes the mound. Either way, I think it's an acceptable argument. But, oh, my God, it's so infuriating to watch Chase DeYoung anymore. And it's so sad because I was actually a believer of him after out of spring training. But I guess you get that false sense of hope when you play the Orioles eight times over in spring <laughs> training and people obviously do good against him. I, right. Oh, my God. I just – I do believe – I believe you. When Brault is back, DeYoung is getting kicked to the curb no, without his gone. belongings. Yeah, he, he's, he's done. This is all you need to know about Chase DeYoung. I'll throw one stat at you that literally just tells the whole story of his career. So Chase DeYoung, 24 career games pitched, 19 career games started, 98 career innings pitched, 22 home runs given up, 20 freaking two. That's all you need to know. The dude gives up more home runs than Dave Joust to Pete Alonzo. I mean, like you said, the guy just serves up meatballs like an Italian restaurant. Use whatever metaphor you want. The guy just gives up bombs. There's no other way to put it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Brawl's going to be back. We, we, this probably isn't the last of Chase Young we've, we're going to see this year. I mean, I believe Tyler Anderson is still going to get dealt um, but I mean, on the other hand, our buddy, Mitch Keller, we haven't really talked about him lately. It might be time. It might be time for some Mitch Keller, a nice little Mitch Keller, uh, reunion tour with the 2021 pirates. I will say I'm looking at it right now. You know, he's only started five games in triple a this year, 23 innings pitched, the ERA, though, 235, he only has uh, 10 walks in 23 innings, which, whatever, 30 strikeouts. I don't know. Maybe it's time we give Mitch Keller another look um, because, you know, watching DeYoung and Will Crow and, I mean, Cranick today, I, I, I'm not going to shit on him too much i mean he's only started a few games but uh i don't know when tyler anderson gets traded there's going to be some more spots one of them obviously is going to brault who knows if chad cole can bring a little return via trade he's been solid lately there's going to be some opportunities for some bad pitchers to prove that they're not bad but uh yeah watching chase the young i mean the guy is mr five innings five earned runs given up with three home runs. Like, just expect that line any time out. Yeah, and you know it's bad, Nate. I think this is going to be the only time I'll vouch for Mitch Keller. I think it is time for him <laughs> to come back up to Pittsburgh. I I am, if anything to get Chase DeYoung out of the rotation, I don't care. Even if it's Mitch Keller, I'll take. Uh, but speaking of people who could possibly take some roles in the starting role, what about some of these young guys we got coming up? I know Max Kranich is more of a developed starter, but, you know, Nick Mears started, I think, a few games last year in the truncated season. He came up, pitched all right after he's being recalled, after not really getting many chances after being recalled this season. Why not give him a few looks, maybe move somebody else from Triple uh, A up who's young, get some of these young guys in the flow of things, because if, if you're going to start bringing them up here soon, now's the time to really start getting them inclimated with the game, especially when we're not really in the middle of a push. Why not test out your young talent? I mean, what what could possibly go wrong other than really what's going on right now? The Pirates are just absolutely shitting the bed. But I'd rather see a young, promising prospect or maybe somebody who we've never seen before get some time in the MLB, see what they can bring, see if anybody provides a little bit of a spark, 
and then maybe see where they go from there. I don't want to see these guys like, you know, Will Crow trot out to the mound each week and automatically know from before even the first pitch, even before the lineup card is posted, knowing that it's going to be a loss. I would rather see some of these young arms get in the game. At least show us what they can bring. I, I don't know if that's the plan after the trade deadline. I hope it is. I, I just don't. I want to see that happen. I want to see more of these young guys, including, like I said, Kranich, Mears, maybe even bring up Bo Salser. He's having himself a fine season in AAA, and he can possibly hit. He's been known to be a hitter in the minor leagues. Um, but, I mean, you got these guys. See what they can do. Yeah, I mean, like, some of the guys I want to see, I, I still wouldn't mind seeing our good old pal Cody Ponce get a few starts. Um, you know, Miguel Yajure is throwing more, perhaps in the second half. I mean, like, the last two months of the season, perhaps if he's healthy, he can get a few starts here and there. Um, and then you have some interesting older guys in AAA right now, like Shelby Miller who made his first start and uh, didn't really go that great for him. He gave up uh, seven, how many earned runs here? Six earned runs over five and two-thirds. You got him. You got the knuckleballer, Stephen Wright. I wouldn't mind seeing a knuckleballer pitch just for kicks. Um, Right. Then, I mean, like James Marvel, he's kind of been the innings eater in AAA. There's definitely some arms down there. Um I just think, you know, going down the stretch, if Anderson is traded, we're going to have Brault, we're going to have Cole, we're going to have, you know, um, maybe Mitch Keller comes back. Will Crow is probably going to keep getting looks. And then, I mean, it's just, it is, it is a whole bunch of nothing that we're working with right now. There's no other way to put it. It's going to get pretty ugly. And, I mean, it doesn't really matter. The Pirates are what, 36 and 60, like I said. So, I mean, there's not really any use in getting angry about any of this, but it is pretty frustrating. The bullpen, seeing a team give up, you know, eight runs in an inning twice over, like, a week's span of games is just – it's hard to watch. It really is hard to watch. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. It's still fun. Appreciate Adam Frazier for the next few weeks before, well, not even the next 10 days or so before he's traded. But uh, down the stretch, I mean, there's there's going to be some excitement. There's going to be some young players. We'll see if Reynolds can, you know, continue to be awesome. We'll see if Hayes can, you know, he hasn't been the greatest, but he also hasn't been bad by any means. I mean, if you look at his batting line, he's still hitting, you know, to uh what is he at he's at 273 351 on base that's i'll take that every day of the week and then the slugging only 422 you'd like to see that tick up a little bit but uh i mean i'm not going to complain about that he's he's a rookie we, we got the nagalskis of the world we got jared leva he had a nice little hit today so that's exciting i really want to see some more rodolfo castro i really hope he gets a chance to get some everyday at bats once uh once Frazier is inevitably traded. But uh, there's there's some things to keep an eye on for this really, really terrible uh, Pirates team who it's not getting any easier, I'll tell you that much. I feel like I've been a, ro- a broken record saying that all year, but they travel 
to San Francisco for three games after an off day tomorrow. That's their weekend series. And then they come home after an off day Monday, three games versus the Brewers, followed by three games versus Philadelphia, the Phillies. So all of these teams are much better than the Pirates. We'll see if the Pirates can squeak out any runs. I do want to kind of switch gears here a little bit and keep talking about this draft and uh, some of the players that the Pirates have been able to lock up. Um, Jake, I don't know if you saw, but Bubba Chandler signed today, the third-round pick uh, out of high school who had been committed to play quarterback at Clemson. His slot value where he got picked was only uh, only eight, $800,000. He signed for $3 million, way above slot, so the Pirates really wanted to save some money for him. Uh, they also locked up Anthony Solometto, who uh, that was that was that was news on last pod. He had been signed. Basically, almost everyone's been signed. We're waiting on Lonnie White Jr., the uh, high school player who was committed to play Penn State football, the second round comp pit. But uh, overall, I mean, Jake, what do you think about this draft and all these players that Pirates have been able to pluck up and? Uh, keep continuing to add to the system i think it's good i really think it speaks to what ben charrington's doing the fact that he's locking up all of these players because it's it's unheard of that we signed the team signed this many of their first or first round picks or sorry overall picks but ben charrington's doing a really good job at i don't know if he's incentivizing these deals a lot or if he's just really laying out the groundwork with these prospects saying look this is where we're going to be in the few years and it looks like we're on this upward angle I like it. I mean, look, he's he's made Bubba Chandler decommit from playing from a quarterback, first of all, with Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. That is hard to do with anybody. And Mastermind Charrington did just that. I and, and it's what's good is that Bubba Chandler is a two way player and that's I feel like that's where the modern trend is with baseball. It's almost like you've gotta be you got Shohei Otani sort of introduced this this piece of being a baseball player, you got to be able to feel both ways. It's almost like being very like double efficient in the game. And I think that's what that's where baseball is heading. Do you need to be a two way player? If that we're going to see a lot more like little league play where we see, you know, position players pitch and pitchers play. I don't know. You, you know, you get the map, you get the map I'm doing, but I think it's good that Sherrington realizes exactly where he's at. And I think with these picks that he's made, who it, it's going to be scary for these, you know, for opposing teams in the coming years, because just the sheer raw talent that he drafted, I, I, I'm speechless just looking at him, and especially with how he's able to sign him. I mean, I'm surprised it took Solomito so long to uh, sign with the team. I thought he would have been one of the first ones just based off how he was talking on Twitter. But no, Ben Charrington, he's not rushing this. He's sitting him down. I would I would believe he is explaining it thoroughly exactly what they're you know what should lie ahead no strings attached and he's being just flat out honest with them might be incentivizing things a little bit with when it turns like a signing bonus or something but either way I, I'm very impressed with how he's handled this whole signing process of his draft picks and I I I, I am questioning Lonnie White. I think uh, things aren't really picking up as much steam as we would like but. Mm-hmm. I would I would take Lonnie White not signing. I know that sounds really ludicrous to say as a 
as, as somebody who wants the Pirates to be as successful as possible. But if we get 20 out of 21 to sign, I would be ecstatic because that is A, impressive, and B, speaks to how Charrington is, is addressing these picks and how he's sorting it out, how smart he's doing it too. So he's got my vote on how he's handling all of this, and I can't wait to see these guys get to work whenever they finally get in some in- yeah, I agree 100%. And uh, I would say if uh, if no other player was signed out of this draft, I still think this draft has been a huge success. I'm just looking at uh, a Pirates prospect list right now. This is this is the Fangraphs list. I'm not obviously – like pros- prospect lists, you can kind of take them or leave them. Uh, they are kind of, you know – they're just lists basically but i mean looking at it here according to fan graphs the pirates now have nine out of the top 118 prospects um henry davis they have as their number one prospect which i'm a little surprised to see but uh henry davis i mean i've been seeing some comps he, he's been getting some, like, Kyle Schwarber-like comps because they had very similar college seasons in their last year. They both came out as catchers. Hopefully Davis can stay at catcher. And if Davis can stay at catcher and hit, like, Kyle Schwarber, I mean, that's a win every day of the week in my book. But they have him one, Priester two, Ronzi Contreras, sorry, Ro- Roanzi Contreras, number three and 59th overall. Uh, Aguero four, Yuhure five. The Pirates system has gotten so deep that O'Neill Cruz, who some thought before the year was the Pirates' best overall prospect, he's now, according to Fangraphs, ranked as the Pirates' sixth best prospect, 82nd overall. And then you, you go down, you got Tanaj Thomas, you got Nick Gonzalez, you got Travis Swaggerty, Swaggerty ninth who rounds out uh, at 118 overall. I mean, it is just stacked. And right before, or right, right below Swaggerty, you got the guy that signed today, Bubba Chandler, who, I mean, he hasn't played a professional game, but this system just, it seems like overnight went from middling, not the worst, not the best, to, I mean, it's looking like a powerhouse of prospects in just about a year and a half since Sherrington has taken the reins. And, uh, I mean, (laughs) the first half of this podcast, we spent about 20, 15, 20 minutes bitching about how terrible the Pirates are. But behind the scenes, the seeds are being planted, and it's going to be really excited to see who works out, um, who emerges as the next core of the next winning team there's definitely enough seeds that some of them have to work out obviously not every prospect works out and there's some guys that will work out that you don't expect to I mean you look at it Mason Martin they don't even have him in the top 20 among Pirates prospects the dude's been doing nothing but bashing home run after home run in double-a Altoona yes he's been striking out an absolute ton and has been walking less. But uh, the fact that someone like Mason Martin isn't even cracking the top 20 of the Pirates prospect list, to me, that tells me a lot. And, I mean, that's a good thing. They 
they really are deep. And, you know, it's obviously a top five system at this point. It's probably a top three system, arguably top two. And, you know, there's still the trade deadline. Still going to be a nice, decent little return for Frazier. There's still going to be some lottery tickets gotten for guys like Tyler Anderson and Stratton, maybe Rich Rod. Um, yeah, the Pirates might lose 100 games this year. They might lose 110 if things really bottom out. But, I mean, with the way that Sherrington has drafted, traded for prospects, found guys on the international market, I mean, the the time to get excited is coming. And I get it. If you're a casual fan, you see this team, you see how terrible they are at the major league level, it's easy to be discouraged. It's easy to say, you know, the owner sucks, which he does. He's never going to sign free agents, which he won't. The Pirates will never have any type of advantage to spend over any other team. They won't. But at the end of the day, I mean, looking at Ben Sherrington, you can at least be excited for that. And even if the Rays model is depressing, how good they are, via not spending so much and I do think that is a depressing thing when teams can be like you know almost robotic in their approach to winning just because they can't spend on players long term and it's it's you know it's sad to see guys like Evan Longoria or Blake Snell get traded but replaced with new players the reality of Major League Baseball is whenever you are in a small market and or have a cheap owner that's the only way you're gonna win and Ben Sherrington is at least putting the Pirates in in line to have a chance to be one of those types of teams. Macro-wise, I agree. It's freaking depressing to think about baseball that way, and it sucks. But uh, whenever you're a fan every day-to-day and you see this stuff, is it is exciting because at the end of the day, it's more fun to win – and it's more fun if you can sustain winning. That's what Neil Huntington always tried to do. And he was able to for, you know, a short time. But, uh, I mean, the, the blocks are being, they're being put down right now. And uh, there's, <laughs> there's literally nowhere to go but up. Yeah, and it's going to be a rough road, but... You know, we just got to sit there and endure it. That's 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 just the gist of it, and that's all you can really say. I mean, you can't. You could tease yourself saying, "No, it'll get better." You know, you could look at everything that's going good right now, including you know John Nagalski, um, David Bednar, and his his ERA, Chris Stratton, how well he is. You know, Brian Reynolds and all that. You could look at that and t- torture yourself thinking everything's fine, but just accept that it's going to be a long road ahead. And there's nothing wrong with that. It'll get better in a few years when we're finally. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully it works out. It's definitely not a guarantee that it will. And, uh, you know, the Pirates are the Pirates. They've lost 25 out of their last, what, whatever, 28, 29 seasons have had losing records for a reason. But, uh, hey, we're still fans of this squad. We still want to see them succeed, and with how things are going now behind the scenes, with how this farm system's being built up, there's definitely more of a chance now 
for the future than there has been since this team won in 2015. Um, you know, starting in 2016, things really started to sour. It soured all the way to 2019 until Neil Huntington was eventually fired. But Sherrington has, I mean, he's, he's come in and he's, he's cleaning it out. He really is. So we'll see what happens. Um, I guess I guess we could wrap up there. I don't know if you have anything else you'd like to talk about, Jake, before we get out of here. Uh, no, I'm good. I mean, you made a good part point about Mason Martin about how he's not cracking it. I think he'll be up there soon. I'll just keep that short and simple. It's the way. He, I mean, he had a hit on he hit another home run while we were recording this. So, I mean, that's how. So <laughs> I think me. he'll be up there soon. I am rooting heavily for Mason Martin. I would love to see him. I'd love to. See, I don't even care if he hits 220 in the majors. If he hits 30 to 35 home runs, if he could be new Pedro, I would be ecstatic. Um, I just think before he gets that that promotion up to AAA, he's got to cut the strikeouts back a little bit. I'm not as worried about the walks. I know his walk rate's down, but whenever you're mashing, I mean, you're just mashing. You you find the pitches you can hit, and the walks will come later once. Teams finally realize that you're mashing bombs. So um, I am definitely rooting hard for Mason Martin. I will say, I will say this. Uh, last point on the farm system, on the hitting end. There's definitely some guys that project to have a little more pop, a little more power, some more power projectable guys. Uh, you know, you look at Martin, like we said, he's been hitting dinger after dinger in Altoona. O'Neill Cruz, he's hurt right now, but he too has been showing the power. Nick Gonzalez, maybe not quite a thumper per se, but he has power. And overall as a hitter, if he's a guy that can hit, you know, 300. Sorry, there's a car driving by my house. Just blaring, blaring music right now. But uh, Nick Gonzalez, I mean, if he's a guy that can hit 300 or so and hit 20 home runs, that's great. Uh, Hudson Head. He's been hitting for an extremely low average, but he's been hitting dingers, and he's been getting on base via the walk, even if striking out is a thing. There's some power in the system is basically my point, and I love to see that too. Henry Davis too. We just drafted the best power hitting, best hitting overall college prospect in the draft, and he plays catcher. So that as well, very exciting. Give me dingers. Interesting stuff. <laughs> for sure. Oh, All right, Jake. There you Sorry, are. Sorry. Everything? It, was, it was a little blurry on my end. I didn't know if I lost you or you lost me or what. Did you hear the music? A little bit, but like you cut out right after it. But anyway, anyway. Hello? You hear me now? Yeah, now I do. I'm here. All right. Yeah, last thoughts. No, that was pretty much the only thing I had left. I don't really have high hopes for this giant series, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut about it yeah i mean just real quick looking at the pitching matchups tomorrow or sorry friday chad cool against johnny cueto saturday will crow against kevin gossman and then sunday jt brubaker against alex wood um i will boldly predict that the pirates can squeak out one win this series i'm sorry I said I boldly predict that the Pirates will pull out one win in this series. I think you're setting the bar a little high there. 
I don't. I don't know. If they do, I'll be shocked because it goes with the theory. We can beat a top contender in the Mets. We can beat a top contender in the freaking Giants, but we cannot defeat the worst team in baseball. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. If Chad Cool can pitch an effective game, I think that'd be the one. That's definitely the best chance. All right, Jake, before we go, where do we follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at underscore Radio Jake. That's me on Twitter. Awesome. Follow me, Nathan Hirsch, at under, er, sorry, at Nathan underscore Hirsch. Can't even get my Twitter name right. Follow Bucks Dugout, of course, on Twitter, at Bucks Dugout. We will be back after the weekend series against the Giants. Talking Buckos, baby. It doesn't get more exciting than that. Jake, have a great rest of your afternoon. I hope everyone else has a great rest of their days whenever they get around to listening to this. And uh, go Buckos and peace.